You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. As of when you're listening to this, there is now less than a hundred days until Dragon Con. Uh, <laughs> <eek>. <laughs> I'm your host for this show, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of the station crew, starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. Hey, Mr. Mike, how are you? How are you, sir? I'm in shock. I didn't think it was 100 days. <laughs> I was wondering if there's a little bit more stuff to, that we're going to announce, too, that's kind of shocking, too. There's a, a few more changes, so um, this is going to be a pretty exciting episode. Oh, that's an understatement. You know, everything we've said so far for the last four months for this podcast, forget, throw it out the window. It's all been changed. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a, yeah, it's still changing. And uh, you know what? I don't even know if the stuff that we're going to talk about today is going to be true. Oh, so. it's it's done. It is so done. <laughs> Not. As you heard, we also are pleased to have once again Darren Noel with us. Hi, boys and ladies. What's up? Howdy, sir. How are you? I am just ducky. And uh, should I dare ask about the progression of the costumes? I am just ducky. <laughs> oh, are you going as ducky? I could. <laughs> That'd be I'm awesome. A little John Cryer-ish. Hmm, that would be interesting. <laughs> you know, you could pull that off. Yeah. I could pull a lot of things off, but <laughs> common sense prevails. So... <laughs> Right, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, welcome back with us, Mary Lou Who. Mary, welcome. What's up? Howdy, howdy. How how goes the uh, cosplay progression for you? Um, I'm finally formulating a list of things I need to do. All right. So, so kind of just figuring out what costumes I'm making. A little behind, but... <laughs> My list is going to be shorter this year, so it should end up okay. <laughs> Tacoma's just like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've I'm, like, I'm, I'm right there with you. Five days this. before the con, get the duct tape and the super glue. It's, it's sort of my way. <laughs> At this point now, it's sort of like, okay, so what can I do in three months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A lot in three months. Yeah. Yeah. What do I already have in my closet? <laughs> yeah. And also, as we just heard, Dacoma Sanchez has joined us again. Thank you. I am. Thank you guys for having me back and not, you know, completely banishing me after missing the last one. Well, we missed you last month, so Aww. I take it you are feeling much better? Yeah, I am. Thank you. <laughs> Until you panic up for uh, only three months left. Hey, yeah. hey, Daco- so hey Dacoma, <laughs> your 30-day suspension's over. <laughs> I have learned my lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up now. Shut up now. 
We are also going to feature segments on this episode with Eternal Zan, Kevin Batchelder, and Michelle Biddick-Simmons. Uh, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool, geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our link on our website, on our webpage. It's right at the top. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out a lot. Uh, if you'd like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Uh, or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get started with some news and notes. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was to congratulate our good friend, uh, very good friend of the station, very good friend of the show, and very good friend, of course, Dragon Con, uh, the, the media relations director, Dan Carroll, uh, just celebrated 10 years of service with Dragon Con. So at the uh, uh, volunteers meeting last weekend, they, they gave him a little pin, a little button. This will actually be his 11th Dragon Con that he'll be at uh, this year. But he has uh, been there 10 years at where he's been doing volunteer work and servicing. Uh, the, the actual con. So that's pretty cool. Not just attending, but actually working with the convention. That's, that's a lot. That's uh, 10 years. That's a, that's like a half the time that I've been there really. Cause I've been doing, going there uh, attending and, you know, being a guest for over 20 now. Yes. And they're giving you your gold watch this year, right? Yeah. Do I, where's my pin? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so that's really cool. So congratulations on Dan on that. And uh, also want to go over just a couple of important dates um, the, uh, final day of, uh, $110 membership rates, uh, is passed. That was on May 13th. So now they are $120. They will be $120 until July 15th in which, uh, they go up to 130. So obviously, as we keep saying, you know, the sooner you buy them, the cheaper they are. Um, they've never sold out. So there's not a fear of that. But uh, you never want to take it for granted, and you never want to pay more than you need to. So if you are, uh, if you know you're going, uh, get your membership now. Uh, also, May 31st. So probably by the time you guys hear this, it might be already passed. But uh, uh, the guest application is closed. So if you do want to be a guest this year, uh, the applications are, are no longer uh, um, <laughs> applicable for this year. So um, uh, you know, better luck next year, I guess. Um, and that's really all the uh, the dates. Uh, so, uh, but there have been some announcements as far as uh, moving. Uh, last last episode, last month, we had a, a map that uh, was given to us about all the changes that were going to be made in terms of tracks and different things moving to different areas. And now a lot of that has uh, been, <laughs> been changed. Get the paper shredders out, folks. Yes. Uh, there's going to be some construction going on, some remodeling in the Hilton, in the bottom floor of the Hilton, uh, in August and September. And so registration is moving back to the Sheridan. Can we play the Benny Hill yakety sax music while we do this? Because I just picture all the registration picking up in the Sheraton and running down the street with all their equipment and then sitting down and going, oh, crap. And then that's what we should have done for the video. I know. Oh, you guys are so lucky that you guys didn't do the video because there's so much more changes. Oh, dude, dude. You want, you want to know how close we, we had to bite the bullet on this one? And we're going to go a little bit behind the scenes on this. We were scheduled to record the new ESO walking tour video of DragonCon Sunday, 
of this last weekend. At 10 p.m. on Saturday, Dan Carroll messaged me and said, hey, there's some changes to Dragon Con. <laughs> and I was like, what? Because we were going to do this early in the morning. Yeah, we were scheduled to meet at 9.30. I was about to like, go to bed. Exactly. <laughs> and it was like literally Dan gave me this list of you know what was going on. And I was like, oh, my God. So I had to quickly message Darren say, "Hey, can we put it off for two weeks?" Yes, we can always put things <laughs> off for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we got very lucky with that because you know so we're going to we, wait till the other things settle before we're we're going to make that. But we, uh, we already got for the last video. People were like going, "Hey, you know, you were wrong on some of the things." I yeah, said, "Yes, no, but, yeah. Yeah. and you we know, know that's going to happen." I mean, this is that's going to happen because things change. Things change. And at Dragon Con, it, you never know if it's going to happen until even after it's happened, you're not sure it happened. And, and the proof that things change, okay, there's a daily dragon. Things change all the time. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, another move, and this is actually, this is not a physical move, but this is a, a, a big move nonetheless, is that uh, Dragon Con Wrestling, uh, which has been on, uh, I believe it's been on Friday night, or is it Saturday night? It was usually uh, Saturday, I thought. Yeah, um, it's now on Thursday, which wow. is very okay. interesting because I remember a couple <laughs> years ago, they a couple tracks tried to do some programming on Thursday, and they kind of got their hands slapped. Yeah, so the fact that Dragon Con DCW is now moving to Thursday night, uh, who knows what, I mean, it sounds like the um, the convention is ready to have Thursday night programming. Well, they already have Wednesday night programming, <laughs> That's whether true. they want it or not. It's me and Derek being <laughs> in the lobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Tuesday on. night, too, <laughs> I think. I think people are already getting drunk in the lobby already. For the <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes, I think uh, uh, I know that I was around uh, Mike uh, a while back and somebody asked us, they said, well, we're going to get there on Wednesday, uh, but we're not sure if the con's really going to start, if we're going to have anything to do. And I'm like, you'll have plenty. You'll have stuff to do. <laughs> the bar will already be the full. The bar will be open. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think John Strangeway is already dressed as steampunk Boba Fett, and he's waiting at the con already, waiting for people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, those folks who are interested in wrestling, and uh, I, I, I understand that uh, some of the folks that are involved with uh, Dragon Con Wrestling are not terribly excited about this uh but um they're gonna make do and uh i'm sure it's gonna be great so um but if you are interested in seeing um the wrestling it's going to be on thursday night i'm not sure exactly where but that'll be i think it's in the same place in the same hotel that it's been so uh, which has been in the hyatt uh one of the centennial rooms i think um okay so uh now some more movement of uh um and in particular attention to america's mart uh, now, we've already heard and it's been confirmed that floors one and two of building number one are are going to be reserved for gaming. And it's going to be 24-7. So, uh, well, not seven. 24-4? Is that what we could say? 24-5? <laughs> for the, open for the duration of the con. Yes. There. For 24 hours. That'll be uh, uh, all gaming, all day, all night. Um, floors one and two of building two are going to be the vendors, uh, dealers, and exhibitors. Floor three of building two 
this is new, so pay attention, and it affects me. <laughs> Floor 3 of Building 2 is the new comic area for comics and pop artist alley and vendors related to comics and art. Wow. And, wow. and there's no escalator going up there, Mike. You know that. <laughs> no. As long as there's an elevator. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course you need is. a crane. Wow, um, that, that is a big change. So that's a huge change. That's a huge change. It's been in the Hyatt for, I want to say, five years now. Because uh, nice. it was over in the Hilton for years. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I thought it was doing really well at the Hyatt. Uh, but, uh, no, they've decided to move it uh, to, um, I guess, in some ways it could be uh, – I, I did talk to uh, director uh, Tom Trainer about this. And he's pretty excited because he says floor three is, bar- is bigger. There's a larger area. So there will be maybe more artists. Uh, certainly, there'll be now uh, the vendors who are who are who have comic book related like back issues and and Neil Adams, for example, always was in the vendor area. Uh, he wasn't in the comic area, the the artist alley. So I think that's going to bring that stuff back uh, closer together. But I have no idea what the traffic's like because ever since. The vendors and dealers that moved over to America's Mart, I haven't been able to get over there. The traffic is really good. So busy. Yeah, last year, last year the traffic was a lot better than the previous years. Yes. Well, the flow was awesome. Also. The flow was much better, and yeah. there were still a lot of people there. Yes. And we didn't break escalators. No. No. Amazingly so. <laughs> this time. Yeah. Knock wood. It never felt claustrophobic either, which was great. No. And except, they actually had... <laughs> except for near Ultra Sabres and Chess X. Please, yeah. on separate those two, please. Sex is always claustrophobic. It is, but when you put them next to the lightsaber booth, it's especially claustrophobic. Yeah. Mm. But they did actually. One of the things I really liked was they actually had food options in the vending area. Yes. Oh my that god, that was, was amazing. Good. You could even get coffee in the morning. It mm-hmm. was so great. Well, exactly. <laughs> they had they had pizza, and also I think up in one of the floors they had Chick Fil A. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. And they had, well, and they had like a taco bar set up at one yeah, station. Had, it was like a Moe's or something. Yeah. different stuff. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, that was. Also, uh, it's not, we're not done because <laughs> America's. Why are we mar- done? We should. Uh, floor four. <laughs> four? Uh, bu- yeah. What? The, four? the fourth floor of building two <laughs> is now going to be spoken is, of. Is, 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 it's the roof, right? Uh, no. Is uh, now the home of the Trek Trek area, Star Trek. Oh, wow. Alternate Bo- boldly history. Boldly going where no one's gone before. <laughs> Alternate history. Alternate history. So our, our good friend Q's Trek is over there. And uh, the uh, track formerly known as Stargate is now a space military track. And it'll include things like Stargate, Battlestar Galactica, Babylon 5, Warhammer, stuff like that. Something more militaristic uh, science fiction. Uh, that's going to be over there as well. So those three tracks will be over in floor four of America's Mark, building two. So what I'm going to need, I'm, I'm gonna need someone to like map this out. And I, guess <laughs> I feel bad for the person who's making the app. <laughs> whoever you are i am that's sorry so delayed right now. <laughs> the app yeah, will not so, be coming out till day two of the con uh, you know and that's why we always say you know whether you're a newbie or whether you're an experienced pro you've been going to dragon con for 20 some years 
these, you know, this is why we do this show because there's stuff that's going to blow your mind. You're going to think, you know, where, uh, the comics are. Nope. Not this year. Uh, you think, you know, where you can find uh, our good friend Q not this year. (laughs) He's on the same side of the street though. Right. I I never comment on which side of the street Q is working at any time. (laughs) Sometimes he goes on both sides of the street. Hey, hi. No, um, I because America's Mart is over to the uh, same side of the street as the Westin, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So there is that. Because I, I actually haven't been over there in years. There actually, that's because one thing. Trapped. One thing to let people know: there is no sky bridge over to from the main hotels, the main three, over to the America's Mart. You actually have to go outside. And it burns. The, it burns. I don't like it. There is there no. is one sky bridge from the Westin to the America's Mart building too, but they had it closed last year. Of course. <sighs> like you yeah, do. Yeah, I think that's where I got lost once. <laughs> Explains so much. I have a hard time with new places. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's don't dangerous. change it. I'll be all right. It's dangerous, Mary Lou. Here, take this. I'm gonna need some help, Darren. <laughs> Here, here's a piece of bread. Put down breadcrumbs, and you'll. Can you follow. imagine me like getting really drunk? Like what I like to do? Is <laughs> no, I can totally. Really yes, I can. Is go to the I was gonna say, room. have I seen you any other way? <laughs> I'm not even gonna know how to get to the game room, let alone get home. That is not gonna oh, be good. Lordy, <laughs> parties to find Mary Lou. <laughs> say Mary Lou, who? And we'll go. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Well, the gaming I don't, has I don't its- go anywhere alone at Dragon Con for the most part, as, especially at night. Like going to work and stuff, I will, but in the middle of the night, I never go by myself. So, yeah, and that's very smart. Right. That is absolutely smart. Good something that we definitely should recommend for other folks as well. Don't go outside at, at night by yourself in downtown Atlanta. Just, just don't do it. Yep, travel in a group, people. Yep. There's a lot of people milling about, but you there's, say yeah. there's a lot of people around, but it is certainly not recommended. No. It's no. a group activity. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Much like drinking and sex. So, <laughs> so yep. that's the... Uh, so that's well, okay the, there. So that's the extent well, of the... the uh, listeners uh, are awake now. <laughs> that's the extent of the moves uh, that we know of right now. Probably Come next on. month we'll have a better idea. Yeah, tune in next month to see what else has changed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I- I'm guessing with... Um, you know, the uh, Hilton construction. And I don't know. I'm kind of wondering now what's going to be in the basement of the Hyatt. If they're moving uh, the comics and pop artist alley out of there. I mean, I don't know what they're putting in there yet. And if they're unless that's going to be a track room, one of the uh, tracks, because a lot of the tracks are bulging at the seams. They need more space. Well, look at our friends at over at Brit Tracks. It's standing room only for almost every panel. Well, not just that, but every time, especially ours. Um, Of course. I wasn't (laughs) going to say that, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Every track director that we talk to on this show always says they have, you know, they've gotten to the point now where it's standing room only. Um, You know, whether it's the space track or Q's track or certainly Joe's track, uh, you know, the American classic sci-fi definitely needs more, more space. So I think that's what they're trying to accommodate as well here. 
So, um, so yes, we will definitely uh, continue to keep you posted. I imagine after the next volunteer meeting, we'll have some more reports of, of other movements and some hopefully some confirmation on other things. And I'm sure after that, you know, our new video will be out of date anyway. <laughs> I think we're going to have to delay this video until August. <laughs> it could I really be. do. Because, <laughs> I mean, Q was in the Westin, right? Yep. Well, he so was what's in the, going he, into the Westin? No, he was in the Westin. Then they moved him to the Sheraton. Yeah, they were going oh, to move right, him to the Sheridan, year, but then yeah. yeah, and then so yeah, now now with registration moving back to the Sheridan, he has to go over to the. Well, that still begs the question: What's going into the Westin and Q's? Well, isn't that where LARPing is going and such? Well, like I said, I think there's more there's room more for action. other tracks. Yeah, so I think they're gonna, yeah. um, you know, expand. instead of yeah, expand exactly. Um, okay, so uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, and I was really excited about this, but now it seems kind of um, unfortunate because um, tickets are gone for this already. But I was so excited by the fact that they were going to have um, a um, – in conjunction with um, the Center for Puppetry Arts in here in Atlanta, um, they were actually going to have a sort of masquerade ball, a kickoff event on Thursday – uh, there that was DragonCon sponsored, um, and uh, it was it's a labyrinth masquerade ball. Uh, obviously, um, costumes are definitely um, encouraged. Um, no DragonCon badge is required to attend, um, but the ticket prices were one hundred and twenty five dollars a piece, <sighs> and they are gone. Uh, they went. Broken. I heard they went within fifteen minutes. Holy crap! On a cracker. Yeah. That's insane. I yeah. saw that I saw that post today, and I got all excited, and I was like, "Yes, another costume I'm going to attempt to make." And then now they're not there, and now I can't go. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm really heartbroken. <laughs> it, you know, the the whole puppetry center was going to be dec- is decorated in labyrinth theme style. Uh, it's going to be they're trying to make it an immersive experience. Uh, the costume contest is going to be judged by Brian Henson. Uh, and himself. they were going to do, yeah, and they were going to do prizes that were all Henson and Labyrinth themed as well, weren't Absolutely. they? Uh, Most yeah. of the music was going to be inspired by the film or other dance stuff from the eighties. Um, That's it so is, sad. It, it sounds awesome. What I really like, though, is the fact that DragonCon is is sort of even expanding more for their programming and getting other venues. I mean, we saw them get; uh, uh, they've gotten Turner Field involved. Which won't be an option next year because they're looking <laughs> gone. <laughs> well, you guys still can we go. We're not going to Cobb County for this convention. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. So, so that probably won't be on deck for DragonCon moves to the Cobb Galleria. Yeah, I know, right? No. I don't. <sighs> Shudder. <laughs> Bite your Shudder. tongue. Um, but you know they they're in, they they do the event with the aquarium, which I believe is still available. I, I think that's an extra fee as well. But uh, yeah, you can still get tickets for the aquarium uh, benefit. Um, so, um, but it's nice that they're they're doing that. So um, anyway, this is a really cool event, of course. You know, with uh, in honor of David Bowie as well, it just makes it even more special. So I would I would hope this becomes an annual thing at the Center for Puppetry Arts. That would be really awesome. Um. So, but unfortunately, like I said, it's sold out. But uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to air. Um, they they might have video for it because they've done that before. But um, you could still go now if you can't get into that. You can go to see wrestling on Thursday night. So. 
It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Come on, put put on dance magic dance as someone gets a you know a pile driver. It'll be fine. All right, that I might watch, but it's okay. still not the same. <laughs> All right, I got a couple more quick announcements. Um, DragonCon TV. Uh, a couple things about DragonCon TV. One is that this year they are open to video submissions. So if you ever looked at a DragonCon TV clip and said, "I want to do one of those." You can. Uh, you can actually um, film a, a video, and as long as you submit it by August 1st, that's the deadline. There is some submission guidelines, so check the dragoncontv.org site to find out more about, about that. But, uh, yeah, you can get involved. Uh, I guess they're really desperate for segments. I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, that sounds pretty exciting. And they're actually going to be doing uh, – DragonCon TV is performing live shows prior to DragonCon, uh, starting with this weekend. This Thursday at MomoCon, uh, DragonCon TV will be airing a live event with uh, many of the folks behind DragonCon TV, and Dan Carroll will be part of that as well. So that starts, I believe, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and you can go to DragonCon TV to, to watch that as well. So I'm not sure if they'll be what they'll be covering, because they've never really done this before, so... So that's pretty exciting. Um, and then last but not least, uh, the DragonCon Awards. Uh, we mentioned them, uh, I think, a couple of uh, episodes ago. And uh, we haven't found out exactly, specifically, a lot more about them, except for the fact that uh, any works released between um, July of last year and June of this year, June 30th of 2016 are eligible for this year's awards. Um, you can look at uh, what, um, what some of the candidates are already at the dragon con website. Uh, they've also announced that, uh, are in addition to the dragon con awards, uh, the Yugi awards are also now going to be held at dragon con. Um, and that's, I think, uh, for short stories, it's the uh, UG, uh, UG Foster Memorial Award for Short Fiction, uh, which celebrates the best in innovative fiction. The annual award will be presented for the first time at, at Dragon Con. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. So they're really getting in more involved with um, some awards, some national worldwide attention, actually, for uh, Dragon Con. So, yeah, they're, they're getting older. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary, but it doesn't seem like they're slowing down anytime soon. So... Um, that's all the news that I have got, but, uh, I know of course there's been many guest announcements, uh, within the last 30 days. So Mike and Mary, take it away. All right, Mary, you want us to go first? We'll start at the bottom of the list. Jason Isaacs is perhaps the best, best known for his portrayal of the sinister Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series, but he brandishes an extensive list of credits, including the Patriot, Peter Pan, voice acting in Avatar, the last airbender and many more. Megan Laura is a professional illustrator who has worked on covers for Dark Horse as well as official artwork for Sci-Fi, Battlestar Galactica, Firefly, Dr. Horrible, and much, much more. Leanna Renee Heber, actress, play, playwright, and award-winning nationally best-selling author. Leanna Renee Heber writes gothic Victorian fantasy for adults and teens such as the Strangely Beautiful, Eternophiles, and Magic Most Foul series. A ghost tour guide in NYC, she is a proud member of AEA and SAG-AFTRA, working in film and television. The Atlanta Radio Theater Company 
creates and performs original audio dramas since 1984. Katrina Weedman is an, a paranormal researcher who starred in A&E's hit show, Paranormal State. She also hosted the Chiller Channel's Real Fear and Real Fear 2. Katrina is now co-starring alongside Nick Groff in Destination America's Paranormal Lockdown. Sean Pertwee consistently captivates audiences for his compelling performances in a variety of roles that span film, television, and stage, including his portrayal of Alfred Pennyworth in the hit television series Gotham. And he had the strange father figure. What show was he on? Oh, yeah, Doctor Who. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to say this name. Any help? Uh, David... Mazu? Mazu. All right. David Mazu first came to prominence for his lead role as Mute Jacob Jake Bohm in the TV series Touch. But in 2014, he landed the role he's best known for, young Bruce Wayne in Fox TV's series Gotham. Nick Groff is a paranormal investigator for... Who has starred in the television? Excuse me, starred in the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventure seasons one through ten, and is the star of Destination America's Paranormal Lockdown. Jack Gleason is an Irish former actor, best known for his portrayal of Joffrey Baratheon in the HBO television series Game of Thrones. Gleason will be appearing at DragonCon on Sunday only. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Have we ever got a Game of Thrones actor before? Yeah, yeah. lots of them. What? Yeah. Yeah. We've had lots of Game of Thrones people. Sweetie, that was when you were drinking. <laughs> oh, I don't look at a panel, so. <laughs> yeah, Hodor was there, and I think Jon Snow was even. Yeah. No, Jon Snow wasn't. Um, it was the Night of Flowers. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, well, so, that's only two. No, we've had others. Have we? Because those were the only two I knew of. Yeah. Um, was it um, Peter? What's his name? The, the, the snaky guy. Littlefinger? <laughs> Littlefinger's been there. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've had a few. Okay, well, this is still, like, the biggest one. This yes. is the biggest character from yeah. the show. So um, everyone, technically, every- Hodor's the biggest, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Oh, t- too soon, too soon, too soon. He is, he, uh, although, you know, Jeffrey is one of the most hated, so yeah. he should get a lot of interesting questions. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. want to sit on that panel. <laughs> Everyone throws the cabbage at him inside. Bring your vegetables and fruit, folks. She Ryan g- said he's a former actor. Maybe no, he's yeah, he did. He, he gave it up. That. He gave it yeah, up. Yeah, he. I, I, I yeah. He he, col- uh, I think he went up. to college. I think he's going to university now. Mm. Ryan Gage is best known for playing Alfred Lickenpiddle in Peter Jackson's The Hobbit trilogy, as well as starring as Louis. The 14th in the BBC hit TV series, The Musketeers. Oh, lordy. Uh, <laughs> Tuatha Dre? Tuatha Dea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Celtic tribal gypsy rock with an Appalachian steampunk twist. Incorporating conventional and non-conventional instrumentation with amazing vocals into super energetic costume performance, which includes original, traditional, and even cover material. Heavy percussion bass using interaction with the audience. Family friendly for all ages. Melissa O'Neill has her turn in Broadway's Les Miserables and Jesus Christ Superstar. Melissa O'Neill has also had a flourishing theater career in both Canada and abroad, leading her to now star in sci-fi's series Dark Matter. Nerf Herder. Pioneers of the late 90s 
pop punk and geek rock movements, best known for writing the theme for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Their oh, new awesome. al- Yeah. Their newest album, album Rocking Him, comes out March 11, 2016, and is an explosion of geekness with true-to-form songs like At the Con, I'm the Droid, and Ghostbusters 3. Kirby Crackle is a pioneer of the nerd rock yes! movement. Songs about comic books, <laughs> video games, geek culture, and harnessing your inner awesome. I don't know that have they ever played Dragon Ball before? No, no, but they are excellent. Oh my god, I, my nipples are hard. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, I think they were at Heroes. Yeah, they were. Yeah, great guys, great band. Awesome. Catch them, catch them, Dragon Conners. Mark Brooks is a Marvel exclusive illustrator known for most recently for his creative cover art on variety of titles such as the new Marvel Now titles, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, New Avengers, Secret Avengers, and A Plus X. Sharon Morgan is the owner of Altered Tyne Corset and a corset maker with Romancy Esquire Courtesy. She is the costume studio supervisor at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Thomas Marinari is a writer and podcaster. He's currently the co-managing editor of the Austin-based website oneofus.net and writes for Gruesome Magazine. His podcasting history includes co-hosting Horror News Radio, the Hannibal Fan Podcast, the American Horror Story Fan Podcast, and the Monster Movie Podcast. See, I should show that to Judy and, you know, say, hey, I'm not doing too many podcasts. Look at this guy. (laughs) (laughs) The Mucketeers is Atlanta's only Celtic rock band. We combine a variety of influences into a rock stage show with a traditional tilt. Band includes accordion, fiddle, and mandolin, as well as standard guitar, bass, and drums. That sounds cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. Thomas E. Snagoski is the author of more than two dozen novels for adults, teens, and children. His teen fantasy series, Fallen, was adopted into monstrously successful TV movies by ABC Family Channel. His other books for teens include Sleeper Code, Legacy, as well as the series The Brimstone Network. Tom Smith is a singer-songwriter who dabbles mostly in comedy, mostly in folk rock. Tom has had several legendary performances at Dragon Con, among others. Jimmy Palmiotti is a multi-award winning creator, character creator with a wide range of experience in advertising, production, consulting, editorial, film writing, development and production, media presentation, and video game development. His current work includes Harley Quinn and Starfire for DC Comics, The Con Job for Boom, and he currently has three feature films in development, Painkiller Jane, Random Acts of Violence, and Killing Time in America. Chris Gore is a comedian and writer who was a regular on G4 TV's Attack of the Show, where he did the DV Due Day segment, as well as film coverage. He also is the founder of Film Threat, the author of several movie books and a voice actor. I know that Chris has been to Dragon Con a few times, but I, I don't remember him ever being officially on the guest list. I've seen him there a couple times. Yeah, uh, especially in the comic area. Yeah. But hmm, that's yeah. cool. Chris Chalk. After starring opposite Jeff Daniels in Aaron Sorkin's award-winning series, The Newsroom, for three seasons, Chris Chalk can now be seen playing Lucius Fox on Fox's drama series, Gotham, and the hit WGN series, Underground. Jason Bell is a Scottish actor who plays Bane in two installments of the Hobbit film series. 
Angus in Battleship, Hellerus in The Wrath of the Titans, and as Toby Coleman in Tracy Baker Returns. James Marsters! Yay! Spike! <laughs> maybe best maybe best known for his role of Spike, the punk goth vampire that he played for six seasons on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. He's headlighting a headlighting fan favorite at conventions worldwide. He's appeared in numerous sci-fi series including Smallville, Torchwood, Caprica, Supernatural, and Andromeda. Bob Bergen voiced Porky, Tweety, Marvin the Martian, Henry Hawk, Sylvester Jr., and Speedy Gonzalez in a variety of feature films, albums, toys, games, and television series, including two-time Emmy-nominated series, Duck Dodgers! <laughs> Michael French is a co-founder of Retroblasting, a video channel that analyzes and deconstructs cartoons and toys of the 80s. He's actually been on ESO a couple times, too. Ooh. Ooh. And that's the list for this month, folks. Awesome. That's, uh, well, and it's a great list. It's already, uh, you know, they don't even have to make another guest announcement. It already sounds like a great show, but, you know, we know better. It's three months left. Well, We're going to get some more big names. You think? A lot more, I'm sure. Uh, from what we, you know, understand, uh, and, and Mike, you can attest to this from that they really want to do it up for the 30th anniversary. So there's going to be a lot more announcements to come. I think we haven't seen anything yet, my friend. So, uh, yeah, so watch this space. Uh, That's going to be really cool. Thanks, guys. Um, And now uh, let's go into our group discussion, which um, we had a really good uh, suggestion, uh, Dacoma, for the the group discussion this month. Gender roles in cosplay. Um, (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I think especially (laughs) it's applicable for Dragon Con. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I definitely um, am looking forward to the discussion. Now, before we really get started, um, I do have a question. Is is it (sighs) – is it silly? Is it is it uh, offensive in any way to refer to this as crossplay? Uh, crossplay is a separate sublet of um, of this of this. Yeah. Okay. There, there's gender bends, then there are crossplays. There's a whole slew of different things that come into play when you talk about gender roles in cosplay. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Um, crossplay is primarily um, men or women who dress and actually physically alter their bodies, whether it's through uh, makeup means or binding their breasts or whatever, to actually look like the sex of the character that they're portraying. That's a crossplay. Where a gender bend is where somebody takes a character that's primarily a male character and adapts it to be a female. Like you see a lot of um, – uh, last year, I saw a lot of female Lokis. Loki's primarily a male character, but they wanted to make a female version of it. That's a gender bend. Gotcha. There's a lot of confusion that happens when you start throwing around those words. So it happens. It's just something you have to deal with. Um, the reason I actually kind of wanted to bring this up is because it's something that I don't really feel get t- gets talked about enough in the community, um, not to mention that last month, which was the month I wasn't here for, was also Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and conventions and gender roles, and then we have the whole bathroom incident. This is really these two months are really a great month, a uh, great time period for us to talk about these. Um, 
it's been my experience that uh, it's been my experience that genders and gender perception in cosplay varies. You have a lot of people who can be rude and mean towards women who are dressing in specific kinds of cosplay. And there are a lot of people who can be embracing and accepting of it. It really varies from, from con to con, but for the most part, I've seen most people have been really open about it. There was that horrible incident and there have been several other horrible incidents that happened back in uh, 2004 uh, or 2014, I'm sorry, at the San Diego Comic Con where a woman was actually beaten. She was actually 17. She was beaten um, and assaulted. It was later actually changed to say that she had a mysterious fall and happened to have eye socket injuries and a slew of other injuries. There's just, there's a lot of mysterious circumstances to that. And it's one of those things that you wonder as a woman, do you need to worry about that kind of thing? And do you need to worry about it more or less as a man and the objectification that comes with that? But feel free to chime in, guys. Like this is like an you know, open discussion. Like I'm no, just, I, I, I'm just gonna start throwing out facts. Like there was. No, I was just waiting for you to, to slow down because I think last year, Mary Lou, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year both you and I got felt up in costume, right? Um, I did two years ago. I think two years ago for yeah, yeah it may have been happens. two years ago. The thing is, and, is that stuff happens does. all the time. And you know, actually, uh, who was it? It was one of the reporters for one of the sites that I'm on. Actually, did a poll a couple of years ago to see, and they said that out of all of the people that they polled, I think it was 13 percent of all attendees reported unwanted sexual comments about them at conventions, and another eight percent report or eight percent. Um, all reported of being groped, assaulted, or raped at a comic convention. Wow, that's and, that's kind of a high number. I that's, mean, think about I mean, that. You're I don't, I don't think there's a single woman that will be surprised by that. No, yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think as a, I think as a man, we don't think about it as now, much. Well, and the thing is, is, that goes for both sexes. That goes for everyone. That was across the board. Okay. And they had it divided out by everything, and that was across the board for for everyone. And on top of that, that eight um, percent that's reporting being assaulted, groped, or raped, only twenty percent of them, or twenty uh, percent of them, didn't even know who it was that had done it. Because you know you're in a close quarter, you've got so many people around you, and you just don't know what happens. Then you throw in intoxication on top of that. Yeah, everyone's friend, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know the girl who groped me was completely blitzed Did you ask out for of her it? mind. No, but I was wearing my oh, Wonder Woman yeah. costume, so I guess I was. <laughs> yeah, that's well. Her hand went so right under. I mean, <laughs> yeah, her hand went right under my kilt and grabbed my package, asking if oh, I wow. was a guy or not. I'm like, uh, clearly I am, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not my type. That's so crazy. Like, it was. I'm it was going to be four o'clock in the afternoon. It wasn't even crazy nighttime. Wow. Yeah, you know what? Like, I've found you can't like predict that kind of stuff. Like, people are going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we all know what, my story. Like, I was in a Legends of the Hidden Temple costume. Like, I was cosplaying a fourteen-year-old. I was wearing blue jeans, knee guards, and elbow guards, and some tennis shoes, and a helmet. Like. For all I knew, they were a dude. I was a dude with a big butt. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't even look sexy. So, like, you can't, you can't, like, you know, predict anything. So, just by not quote dressing slutty, 
you are not preventing anything. No, I'm just going to go on about this. Don't stop now. So, let's well, I mean, and, and then you have to get into dressing the whole dressing slutty thing. The characters that are written and made for women are typically not the most well clothed. Just going to throw that one out there. We're pretty obvious in that. And I mean, and I have no problems with it because I'm comfortable with who I am and what I look like and what I do. And I'll adapt things to be as comfortable as I can be. But how can you expect to be able to go out and cosplay as whoever it is you want and then be told that you're dressed as a slut or that you're asking for it or whatever? Because those are what your options are, really. It's ridiculous. It's it is. Completely it's completely ridiculous. I, mean, I wonder. I wonder not that it not that it makes any difference whatsoever. I, I do, uh, but I'm just curious. Frequently, are the accosters or the aggressors are they not in costume? Or are they? Uh, it, you know, or, or is it costumers on costumers? Um, the girl who came up to me was not in a costume at all. Neither were her two male friends. Because I wonder if there's like a sort of a bias. Well, I mean, this is why they had problems in the hotel with some of the football fans, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I think it's a matter of being exposed to it and understanding what it is and understanding that this is a look-not-touch scenario. Yeah. Um, Well, it's the whole cosplay is not consent campaign. Totally. People just can't wrap their mind around that. No. They just can't. I mean, they can't. I know guys who can't wrap their minds around like just when they see like a, a sexy Harley Quinn, but when they see like a sexy like Robin, that really gets them confused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. From the back in my Wonder <laughs> Warrior outfit, I don't have a lot of hair on my body. I don't. And in, especially when I put on the uh, the knee high boots, you can't see the calf hair at all. And I've had guys wolf whistle me. And then you turn around. Room, and then I turn around and go, hey. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. <laughs> totally, we've had a moment of confusion. I was and, attracted no, to that. That's a, that's a strange moment for them. And it's yeah, one of those things where me, when you're first... I love that moment. <laughs> yeah. You do, but you've also been doing this for a while. Like, I was, I was reading a lot of articles on people who are interested in crossplay. And I have a friend who's extremely interested in possibly doing some crossplay, but he is extremely shy and worried about how it's going to come off and whether or not he'll pass. And, you know, if he doesn't pass, how many people are going to make fun of him? What are they going to say? How many people are going to, I read articles about how when people were first doing a crossplay, how, you know, most of the people would come up and take photos and be all supportive. And then you would get some asshole who would come up, take a photo and then walk away and cough under their breath. Freak. I mean, it's just yeah. well, people are people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, you know, and and I think when you put on a costume and you walk out of your hotel door, you're committed to just doing that now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you're going to get that no matter what. You're going to get that yeah. no matter what. Some some idiot's going to post your picture somewhere, and mm-hmm. they're going to make a comment about something they didn't like about you or the costume or whatever. Like it wasn't perfectly done like they drew it in the comic book or my God, he's too fat to wear that or she's too skinny to be that costume. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they did it to Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. She's too skinny to play Wonder Woman. Uh, well, she did it. So get over it. Um, I think it's like I have the same like sort of deal going with like people who post spoilers the next day after a Game of Thrones episode airs. Oh, my gosh. Like. You Stop really it. want everyone in the world to have Sorry, I, I, haven't, 
and be respectful and you want them to act well, but this is the internet and people are not going to behave well. No. I haven't so you just seen have to kind of have that expectation going into it. Like if you get on the internet the day after Game of Thrones airs, you or might during. If you go out in cosplay, you might get some shit said to you. Yeah. Like yeah. you just kind of have to have it in your mind that that is a possibility. I mean, I, I just threw up my Amazon bracelets at them like bring it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, and that that is in that is in no way. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. All I was going to say was that's why I'm staying off Facebook right now. I don't want to see what happened in the season finale of Flash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't. I didn't mean to derail the conversation. Oh, no, 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 no. It all parallel. No, but no, it is no, parallel. It is. It is. It is. I mean, because it is part of the the wacky, you know, social media world that we live in. Um, I and, mean, and, and go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody a Coke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're one of those people who's fortunate enough that you want to go ahead and try this and you have a group of friends who are supportive, even if they're not in costume with you, just to know that you have a support group around you is really comforting. But going to even a large convention like Dragon Con, which to me in the southeast it's it's really large. Um I, it can be really intimidating. Even even with a couple of friends, it can still be really intimidating to take that step. And it's it's been my experience, or what I've seen at least anyway, in the last couple of years, that the community, not just the cosplay community, but the geek and comic book convention community is actually opening up more towards the crossplays and gender bends and trans and LGBT communities, which is really, really nice. I know... Um, there was a couple of conventions over in the uh, – I'm, I'm losing my directions – the north, uh, Northwest that had actually not only started their own campaigns before the cosplay does not equal consent, but they had started their own assault campaigns and they had offered gender-neutral bathrooms throughout all of their own hotels. And that's, that's a good thing that, that comes from being in the community that you don't see everywhere. And I'd really like to see it embraced and I think, uh, you know, DragonCon has a little bit more um, going against it because it's got traditionally now the reputation of being the Mardi Gras, if you will, or or the carnival of, yeah. of nerd conventions, of, of oh, costume it- conventions. So, you know, I mean, it, I can remember years. I mean, for 15 years, uh, you know, uh, folks have been – kind of uh, pulling out they like to pull up the whole um all the craigslist stuff that happens at dragon con that you see that you can make fun of of all the sexual stuff that happens and and know hey this is you know that's what a lot of people see Mm -hmm. Uh and so it's got this reputation of being a a highly uh sexual and party atmosphere convention well that is on us and all of the attendees to Make sure that people know just because sex happens at this convention does not mean you get to behave like a rabid animal way yeah. toward people. Like there are a lot of people there who aren't participating in that kind of behavior, and it's on them, and it's on the people who are, and we all need to do better. We don't need that culture at the convention, and I don't think we can start saying. Well, there's a culture of sexuality here, so that stuff's going to happen. Like, well, not that was what you were saying at all, but that's the no, way. No, no, no. I am not offering that as an excuse. Not at all, but that's the no, way some no. people read it. And yeah. we all need to do better and help fix it. 
Yep. Well, I mean, sex is everywhere. You can't get away from sex. No. It, it is everywhere. But we have to remember our simple manners. Simple well, behavior. And- if, you wouldn't, if you would say it to someone on the internet, you're going to eventually get into the habit of saying it to somebody's face. Well, and here's the other thing is, yes, that's on us for us to go ahead and take that initiative and to grow the F up once in a yes. while. Yes. But it's also, it's also behoo of the con directors to have a policy of some kind in place. Even at Frolicon, yeah. they've got, okay, well, everything's fine so long as it's consensual, but you don't do this because you basically just don't be dumb. Because yeah. some people yeah. need that. They need it in writing. And really, the con needs that in order for it to be able to back itself up. I think that's a great idea. I, I don't see why they don't have policies. Many conventions don't have policies like that already in place. Yeah, I I, I must admit, I don't know um, specifically what Dragon Con's policy is. I mean, I know that they're... Uh, they, they've talked about, you know, cosplay does not equal consent. And I know that they've talked about some other issues, but I don't know specifically what their, their policies include. Um, didn't they have a up last year about that, about cosplay is not consent or am I imagining a different convention? I'm not, I don't remember, but I know in their rules, they have something about don't be stupid. Yeah, well, no. Which is their blanket like statement of, <laughs> yeah. if you're stupid, we can kick you out. Well, yeah. no, they had a full thing about the, uh, you know, co- you know, cosplay is not consent. They had posters everywhere. In the, okay, I, know it, I thought I was remembering yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about it on last year's show, actually. Yeah, DragonCon is doing a lot. They're definitely doing, not to say that they can't do more, but they're doing a lot, and I think that that's worth something. Well, I think we've said on, bef- on the show before, too, it's, it's hard to police 80,000 people. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. In 80,000 yeah. people, you're going to get some people who are going to be stupid. Oh in, yeah, and in, in in six, seven, whatever it is now, different buildings. Yeah, that is that is a difficult logistic challenge <laughs> to take on. It really <laughs> is. Sure. And we have to help. And this is the only reason why you know things don't break out at Dragon Con is because for the most part, ninety nine percent of us are well behaved and well mannered and are within our limits. At least until like nine. Well, I'm we're still we're still in that happy buzz zone because that one time we did get out of our limits, we realized we did, and we kind of like went, "Oh, I can't do that anymore." Yeah, because you're in a public place, and people are going to judge that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the poor person who is throwing up in a pot in the Marriott, you know, maybe you should not drink so much. You know, <laughs> I. Mm. But yeah, people look at that and go, "Wow." Just wow, party fail, and so, it's even worse when you break a law like assaulting someone because they're in a hot costume. Or well, yeah. well, look at the look at the asshole who a couple years back. Away. Look at the asshole a couple years back at over at the uh, Peachtree Center. I think that was just last year. Was that just last year? Oh, the the guy who kind of lured that girl away from her friends and her stuff. friend. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, don't do that, ladies. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Please Go don't. Go with a friend. Yes. You know, I think back to what we were talking about as far as the crossplay stuff goes, like, I think taking a friend, like Tacoma said, is a great idea. Have at least a couple of friends with you and someone who understands you and knows how to help you feel better and help you through yeah. something that's hard. I well, mean, and especially if that's your first anyway. time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like, like I, I do that with some of my friends. Like, if they're feeling, you know, uncomfortable about a costume, like I give off like a vibe. People do not mess with me. Yep. Like on except the whole, people don't mess except for that one guy. But he never saw my face, so yeah. I couldn't give him my stony eyed glare. <laughs> I assume it was him. I don't actually know. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I just give off this, like people do not say stuff like freak around me, even when I'm with people who, you know, they might consider saying that too. So bring a friend. If you have a friend like that, do it. If you have a friend who just is going to wants to be there for you. I think that's an awesome idea. And I would never discourage anyone from doing something that could potentially make them happy. I mean, I don't have a lot of people who have a lot of fun doing crossplay and doing gender bends. Like my philosophy is, well, you know what? That kind of condones violence. So I'm not going to say that, but (laughs) 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 But stand up for yourself, you know, like if you can do anything to make yourself more confident, you should do it. Well, yeah, I remember the first time I wore my wonder warrior to dragon con and I was like, I wasn't nervous, nervous about it, but I knew I was, you hadn't seen a lot of the gender bending cosplay at Dragon. I don't know if that's because it's the South or what, but when I started wearing it, it was me and another gentleman at the Wonder Woman shoot. And last year there were 25 of us dressed as Wonder Woman variations at the Wonder Woman shoot. So this, this kind of cosplay is getting much more popular and much more accepted by everyone. And they love it. They love to see guys dress up as female characters and vice versa. Now, the one thing that I don't enjoy about crossplay, I really enjoy the enthusiasts who do it because they really want to do it. What I don't enjoy is when you get the football jock mentality geeks who are pseudo geeks who are dressing up as women with their hairy shaved legs and walking around with their stomachs out with a beer, making fun of a character and making fun really of the society and the culture and the people who are doing it because they enjoy it. That really gets to me. Is that like where that's coming from? Like I don't, I've never actually spoken to any people who do that kind of cosplay and I, is that really like what's happening? Like they're, they're trying, they're making fun of people. There are a there are a group of them. You can see them uh, occasionally when you're out at a con. They're not, they're usually not very hard to find, but they're also not usually very prominent. And you'll find them. I saw one guy who was dressed up as a uh, Jessica Rabbit, a really crappy drinking a beer, making fun, making lewd remarks dressed up as Jessica Rabbit two or three years ago at Dragon Con. And he was just there for the party. And it was really, uh, to me, that upsets me. Because it gives everybody else a bad name. Well, yeah. get that. But again, you know, if he's going to pay $140 to get into a con, just to, like, point and laugh and snicker, eventually everyone at the con is going to know about him and going to avoid him, like the plague. Yeah. You know, they'll be like, oh, it's him. Moving on. Yeah, because you know, part of the fun of, of going to a con is hanging out with people you know, talking with them, having a good time, and chilling out. If you're just going to be sad and sitting by a bar and going, look at the freaks in the costumes, well, thank you for paying the money to Dragon Con. Um, thank you. Because <laughs> your opinion does not matter. Yeah. We'll have enough apple pie in us that you will be a blur in the periphery of our vision, <laughs> and that is it. That's what I usually called Sunday night last year. Yep. 
One of the other things that I wanted to talk about was the difference between how a female cosplayer can become a professional, but men have such a harder time with it. And what's acceptable for a... I see a lot of female cosplayers who will do things like they'll offer subscriptions to their website that may have different photos that they don't get to see if you don't have the subscription, or they may send them like signed items, which, you know, granted is like a celebrity kind of thing. But there's definitely some highly sexual undertones to that, and that leads back to the objectification and whether or not that's a good or a bad thing or whether or not it should be acceptable. I think everybody should be able to make a living doing whatever it is that they can make a living at. But at what point does that become detrimental? That wow. is really difficult. I, 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 I didn't come prepared by <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, no, uh, you know, I, like I have. A, it's a horrible catch twenty two. It is. It yes. is. I have never That's... understood the in, the idea of being a famous cosplayer. Right. And I, I get. I get it that there are people out there who are famous at cosplaying. I do. I understand it. There are people who get paid to do it. Yeah, and I just do it for fun. Right. And, and that's my level of, of caring about it, you know? <laughs> and I understand people who, who have spent years honing their craft and can do costumes that are Broadway perfect, show perfect, and are excellent. And you see those costumes and you go, wow, that is bloody amazing. And if they can make money being recognized for it, sure. I, I think when they make the switch to doing cheesecake – or some guys, beefcake, whatever. That's a personal decision <laughs> on their part. And however far they want to dip their toes or whatever into that pool, I have no judgment on that because I know guys who are porn stars. And wow, more power to you, dude. Um, I, I don't think it's quote-unquote detrimental, but I think it does set up maybe an expectation in people's minds that every cosplayer does that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like saying every every woman does porn and every guy does porn. Um, Only on her cell phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Snapchat. I, I think that's yeah. <laughs> six seconds. Um, I I think that that whole dichotomy is just a false leaping to like try to slut shame. If if guys if people are assuming that all cosplayers are free not not free <laughs> get me wrong um but just they will show you their boobs or whatever for a 50 mm-hmm. buck charge on a patreon site or whatever mm-hmm. well if they're doing that to make money and you pay the 50 bucks congratulations but that doesn't mean everybody yeah. does that and that assumption should not be made um yes, that is that's that's lumping everybody into a big group of wow look at all these available dressed up porn stars you know yeah. And that yeah, yeah you that, know, I think it's on people and the viewers yeah. and people who consume that type of media, I guess, to be a little bit discerning and you know, I I just don't think that that is the professional cosplayer's responsibility. No. Just as I don't believe it's a porn star's responsibility. Like that's on people to be realistic and know that people are people and doing it for fun like I'm sure that there are people who let others watch them have sex for fun, like for free. Then they just do it for free. But that doesn't mean everybody does it. 
Yeah, it's true. I, like, I just, I don't think. He knows. I don't necessarily. I do. Mm-hmm. Don't know anything about that. <laughs> nope. nope. Yes. <laughs> I just don't think we can start, like, if that's what those women want to do, good for them. Like, they're making money doing something they love, and I can't, you know, I can't say anything bad about them for that. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say, if people are looking for that, there are porn conventions. Go to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some websites what, out there. If that's what you're looking for, find a porn But, you know, all of that said, like, it's on us, the rest of the community, to kind of enforce that mentality. Totally. Like, to speak up about some inappropriate behavior when we see it, so that people know it's not okay. But I Absolutely. also find it, I also find it, um, the direct correlation with the fact that the people who are becoming professional cosplayers and who are actually making money are primarily women because they are so sexualized and objectified more than the, more than their male counterparts are. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't well, sit right with me. Well, hang on. That, that's the whole dichotomy <laughs> of the male-female <laughs> relationship, is it? Uh, if, if women would pay men to have sex with them, the world would be different. Well, if men played hard to get. <laughs> men will never play hard to get. I think that's just another symptom of all the problems with gender roles our society yeah, has. I think it's a symptom of a larger problem. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely, um, yeah. This, <laughs> this, men yeah. will only play hard. They will never but feeling play hard like, to get. But feeling like as a, as a cosplayer who wants to break into becoming a professional cosplayer and getting paid for it, uh, if if I wanted to do that, let's say, feeling that the only way I'm ever going to actually make money is if I do something like that, it just seems wrong. It's basically one step away from the porn industry, which, you know, for people who are into porn, that's great. But it, for me, who just wants to make costumes and maybe have people like help contribute to my costumes, not so much. <laughs> well, and I definitely think that there's, uh, you know, some folks out there that are doing it. The, the right way so i mean there it's the, there's it's not all one oh, way. oh no so no, no. um yeah. fortunately but, i don't think there's an easy solution to that other than change society i mean a lot, a lot just, of like just get those easy buttons don't you know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah world hunger and you know everything yeah. exactly. else right. I mean, a lot all of right. the guys who are professional cosplayers are actually bodybuilders mm-hmm. so got that superhero build so they're doing personal training to make money to contribute to their cosplay. They're for competing in, you know, professional competitions for bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they they have to take a different route because the way their form gets appreciated is a totally different way that yeah. the female mm-hmm. form typically gets appreciated. Absolutely. And yes, we've definitely veered off the the main topic. So so um but we never do that on the show, Mike. I know, right? But it was a really interesting discussion and I'm glad we it's did like that. It's the kind of stuff I like talking about, so I'm happy. Abs- no, no, absolutely. And I think this is just the start of it. I think See, we're going to have we're going to have some of more conversations discussion. that you have at a con while someone's in the corner dressed as a drunk Jessica Rabbit making fun of you. <laughs> and it's fine because absolutely. we're so into what we're talking about, he doesn't even exist. Or when someone comes up to me and my friends and won't take no for an answer, because yep. guess what? He will get an earful of feminism. Oh, girl. All right. Well, definitely, uh, <laughs> this is, like I said, the, just the start of it. We're definitely um, uh, going to revi- uh, revisit this topic, as well as others. So thank you very much. Um, and uh, 
Can I include one other thing? I actually reached out to Rock Upchurch, who's one of the artists from the Wack Queens and Image Comics and a bunch of other things, because I actually got to meet him a couple of years ago, and I asked him what his take on gender roles in cosplay were, and I thought I could kind of just interject that. Can I, sure, can I throw that in there? Yeah. Isn't right. that the guy that beat his wife? Uh, no. Isn't it, though? You're talking about the comic book artist? Yeah. I'm going to Google it while you talk. Okay. All right. So I was going to say he was super nice to me, but (laughs) you never know. All right. So uh, this is from Rock Up Church, and it says, So I think gender roles in cosplay shouldn't be a thing. Like gender roles in general. You should do what you like, whether you're a girl who wants to be a Disney princess or Wolverine or a dude who wants to be a rat queen. It's up to you, but do it. Love it. Enjoy it. And I don't think any of it should be frowned upon or shamed, but rather celebrated. I love it all. And I thought that was a kind of good little quote that really sums up where I think we're going when it comes to gender and cosplay, at least where I hope we're going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen to that. So very good. Um, uh, But yes, we also have to, uh, yeah, our regulars are standing by. So we have to go now to uh, Kevin Batchelder. Hey, and now we're here with Kevin of the Newbies Group. Welcome back, sir. Thanks, Mike. Always a lot of fun coming in. Welcome back. Gosh, can you believe it? As of this recording date, we are 100 days away. 100 days. Yes, I saw that on multiple postings today from DragonCon friends, and I'm like, oh, once we hit double digits, everybody goes into panic mode. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, I have so much weight to lose, according to Michelle. Weight to lose, costume to do, planning to do, track directors going. Yeah, it's it's kind of a I guess I better find a hotel. So it's yeah. kind of scary with that part, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. A hundred days, and we're getting a lot of emails from folks um, who are saying they're coming to DragonCon for the first time, and they've been using our show as a great resource, which we you know welcome aboard, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes, and you know, of course, when you get to DragonCon, first people you should look up, especially on Thursday, is Kevin and his group. <laughs> well, thank you. Hopefully we can help to get folks uh, started in the right direction between the walking tours and the uh, the uh, Q&A, you know, open forum Q&A folks to get everybody. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your group? Sure. If uh, folks, uh, if you're on Facebook, that's by far our best resource ahead of con, as Mike is saying. Uh, just search for DragonCon Newbies uh, or uh, go to our website at DragonConNewbies.org. We'll have the links there. But uh, we've got a couple, a little over 2,000, 2,200 people in the group. Uh, geared straight to the newbies. So we any question related to con is fine with us. We've heard them before and we'll hear them again, but that's fine. We want to get them answered for you. So if you want to get yourself prepared a little bit, you can use that uh, Facebook group leading up to con. And then at con, as Mike was mentioning, um, we are an unofficial group, our newbie group, but myself and Kim and Sue and Mike who helped me keep everything organized. We do put on uh, walking tours on Thursday afternoon. Uh, about a half-hour tour of the main three hotels and some discussion of some of the other ones as well, along with a uh, just an open-form Q&A that afternoon as the tours leave. Folks go out on the tours with our tour, tour guides. Uh, a few of us are still there just to answer any questions. So if you've just come in and are trying to get a handle on things uh, or you want to meet up some other newbies or some other folks in a very casual environment, that's a great chance to kind of get yourself centered and get a little bit of an idea what you're 
going to get yourself into come Friday morning. Exactly. And you might actually, if you've been a veteran, you might even want to hook up with the newbies group with all the changes that are coming up this year. Yeah, we tend to try to cover things that same way that you guys are going to be talking about a lot leading up to con. But if you need one final, okay, what was it all? Or what did they tell me about uh, where to go to registration and things like that? We'll certainly be covering all that most of the afternoon. I think around 2.30 we officially kick off. Tours are available between like 2.30 and 5. And then from 5.30 to 6.30 we also do another uh, Q&A, even though we're doing a whole open forum Q&A during the tour time for those folks. Because we do... Last, based on the last couple of years, we've had four or 500 people show up for that event. Oh, it's amazing. I went to last year's Q&A uh, on Thursday, and it was just amazing how full that room was. Yeah. Yeah, the con has been very gracious to list our events in the program, which obviously helps as far as attendance, and also to uh, give us the room space to be able to do this. And, and as you folks have been talking about, and we talk all the time, everything's subject to change. So we don't know our room number where we'll be yet. We have been in the Marriott the last couple of years, but that could completely change. But uh, yeah, we, that first year, I remember when they made it official and put it on there, they gave me that room and we were like, wow, this is great. We're never going to come close to filling this thing with like 500 <laughs> seats. And we had people standing in the back and I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. I guess we're on to something here. Well, so, they yeah, even had Dragon Con TV there filming you guys. Yeah, we got to do a little, couple little quick interviews with DragonCon TV folks last year, which was just kind of cool. For those of us who've been going to con for years, we all know DragonCon TV. So to get a get a quick interview on there was kind of like a, just a fun con accomplishment. Well, what should somebody who's getting ready for the con, especially a first-timer, be doing at this time with 100 days left to go? Uh, I... As far as preparation goes, uh, we've been talking it up for months now. You know, if you've got your, your hotel lined up, hopefully you've purchased your membership. If you can, if you've got the funds and you're 100% sure you're coming to get the lowest uh, cost for that, you know, some of those basics. A lot of your planning is going to probably need to wait until we get much closer to con and we start hearing about events and when they might be. But you've got to get yourself in the mindset to realize, and we touched on a little bit last episode, again, the scope. We've got five hotels plus America's Mart. Events are going to be very spread out. So if you're not already uh, doing yourself a favor and doing some regular walking or getting a little bit in better uh, shape that way, since many of us are, are, let's face it, in more geek shape than real shape. So you want to make sure because you're going to need to make uh, a lot of movement and therefore a lot of the basics like being staying uh, hydrated and keeping some snacks handy because you're going to have so much going on and how are you going to carry all that around? Maybe thinking about uh, if you're a backpack person or how are you going to do that uh, is important. Oh, of course. And, you know, folks, especially with them making the announcement that a lot of more panels, a lot of gaming are outside of the main hotels now. They're all going to be across the street at America's Mart. You're going to have to do some walking. Mm-hmm. And there's no sky bridges, you know, basically connected to it. There's only one sky bridge connected to the America's Mart, and that's just from the West End. And I don't think it was even open last year. So it'll be interesting. No, to that's see. right. That's what I was told. I, it's funny. I was going to go hunt that one out because it's one of the few things I'm like, I've never been on that. And then I'd come to say that, oh, we didn't have it open. So, so yeah, that will mean probably spending some time on the streets uh, in the heat. Uh, let's face it, it is Atlanta late in August, most likely high humidity, high temps. Uh, Always a chance of thunderstorms. Thunderstorms as well. So uh, we do tell folks, like I think it was last year, it looked like the early forecast was for several days with some late afternoon rain. We didn't end up with too much. But, yeah, those thunderstorms can come in fast. 
And some folks are like, ah, well, it's no big deal. It's warm. A thunderstorm will kind of help cool me down. Yeah, and then five minutes later, you're going to walk inside a giant ballroom that's going to feel like 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you don't want to be doing that wet. No. So, and another thing, you know, you, if you're in costume, you don't want to get that costume. You spend no, so much time on No, you put a lot of probably most, you know, 50 weeks out of the year getting it ready. You don't want to risk that if you can. Exactly. You don't want to see Iron Man rust right there on the <laughs> spot. <laughs> so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of movement, and some folks don't take that into account. And that's why I know I, for me, I'm a backpack kind of guy. So I love having a backpack and I plan to, you know, bring the basics like small water bottles or, um, you know, little snacks, fairly, I won't say healthy, but you know, not always candy bars and stuff because, uh, you're running around a lot. You might not have time for a full meal. You got to keep your, uh, your food going that way, but things, hand sanitizer in there. Maybe a small stick of deodorant because you're going to be moving around a lot. Maybe if you're a guy like me or for many folks, another spare Mm T-shirt. Some other things, you know, a small bag to take around with you come in very handy. One of the great things Dragon Con does, and this is at all the hotels and even at America Smart that I noticed last year, is the water stands. If you, you know, have a water bottle, and we always recommend something that you could refill and carry in your backpack or in a pouch or something because – the water is free. It doesn't cost anything. Once you run out of your initial stuff, just go into one of the rooms and you have a fresh, you know, cold, ice cold water and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. We've seen too many people there pass out from dehydration. Yeah, it is. And, and many of us, certainly the first time going or, and I'll admit it too, certainly my first year or so, first year or two is kind of like, yeah, but I'm not in that bad of shape and I'm used to that. No, you're, Again, that's the biggest wall that people hit. It's the physical side of just that moving around uh, so much to get to these different events. So we, we say it over and over, and we're a bit of a broken record for those of us who've been a few years because, as Mike just said, I, I have seen people pass out or, or need to have medical assistance um, way more often than I wish. And it's not because these people are in horrible shape or because they've been up all night drinking, not that it doesn't happen. It's just it's a massive amount of movement. Standing in some of those lines means you're on your feet a lot more than you might normally be. So it does tend to really do that. You're going to be talking a lot more. You're going to be meeting friends. So exactly. your body as a whole is going to need that hydration and some nutrition, you know, fairly decent nutrition too, not just one or two candy bars or, you know, uh, a nut bar or something. You're probably going to need something to make sure your system is able to handle that constant movement, or you're going to miss out on some fun stuff. And that's what really is pains us is seeing those folks hit that wall. Well, exactly. You know, it basically you're going to be hanging out with seventy nine thousand of your new best friends. <laughs> yeah, and they're all going to be in the upper lobby of the Marriott. <laughs> or at least it's going to seem that way, right? Oh, especially on Saturday night. You know, yeah. Saturday afternoon too. Yeah. Oh, Let's face exactly. it, Saturday is the biggest day for con in terms of attendees too. So movement will be a little well, exactly. Uh, and difficult. This is something that actually Nikki and I talked about last month was about the parade route. Uh, they, of course, Dragon Con is very well known for its free parade, and it's advertised in the news. It's advertised in the newspapers. And, you know, on internet and such. And it's a free event. You don't even have to buy a badge for the go to the parade. And so you are, you think it's a lot of people coming to Dragon Con, almost double that coming to the oh, parade. Oh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, late morning, early afternoon. Exactly. It explodes. And if you're planning on going to the parade, it used to be, what, eight years ago, nine years ago, 
that if you went to the parade, you were able to go and, you know, go a half hour, 15 minutes before the parade started and have a great spot. Not so anymore. No, you much, almost have much to, harder to do. The parade yep. starts officially at 10 a.m. That's when they start marching. And sometimes it gets a little bit longer if you're further down the parade route. But if you want to get a good spot, I recommend getting there now like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. because it gets so crowded. Last year was actually the first year in the 10 years that I've been going to Dragon Con that I have not gone to the parade. Oh, okay. Just because it was too crowded. It's gotten too crazy. Yeah, and a lot of folks will tell you if you knew that that's one of those can't-miss events. Again, if you're a parade-type person, it's a pretty awesome experience. I mean, a lot of the parade will end up on YouTube afterwards. Or so, DragonCon TV if you're lucky Dragon enough to Con stay TV. at one of the hotels. Yep, you can watch it from there. I know some folks will, if they have any experience with other cons, will then say, well, okay, well, maybe if there's that many people at the parade, that's when I'll plan to do maybe time in the dealer's hall, or maybe that's when I'm going to meet up with some friends or, or something like that, which is cool, but also realize because it's running down the center of uh, where the hotels are, there's going to be restricted access to get across streets. I was about to mention that. So because... you might, yeah, make sure you're where you want to be well ahead of time because otherwise you might have a, an incredibly long walk around to get to a hotel that's literally you can see across the street because it's restricted access. Well, that's the big problem now with everything being at the America's Mart. On Saturday morning, if it's past 9.30, you're not going to get across till at least uh-huh. 11.30 noon. Yeah, because unless you want to walk you know, half a mile down one way and across and back. <laughs> exactly, because it's closed for a parade route. So, yeah. And yeah. That, now the parade route wraps around over by where – off of Peachtree – over off of uh, I think Andrew Young Boulevard or something like that for to go over by where like Hooters is and stuff because going down by the Sheraton and then it loops down to because the official end of the parade it goes right past the, the front of the Hyatt and it ends at the lobby of the Marriott. Yes. So yep. it so. so it definitely wraps around. So beware. Yep. That's what I tell folks. Keep in mind if you're you know if you're in the Marriott Hilton. Or Hyatt, which are all connected by indoor sky bridges, then Saturday morning you're fine getting back and forth there. But once you've got to head out, as Mike said, either across to America's Mod or across to the Westin, those are across the street, across the parade route. That's going to be very difficult to do. So that's where once we get closer to Con, kind of looking at where you plan to be, a uh, little planning is going to help you quite a bit. A lot of planning goes a long, <laughs> long way. And, it, and it's funny because we sit here and that's when we start talking about planning and then folks are like, wait a minute, you folks told us not to plan too much. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> some things you got to, okay? So we lied a little bit. Come on. <laughs> some parts of things you want to plan on. Other parts, that's fine. You go with the flow. But uh, again, as Mike said, when it's 75, 80,000 people – there ain't much flow at certain spots. You better realize you're kind of stuck where you are. Mm-hmm, exactly. And quickly learn that being outside could be almost your best friend if the sky bridges are way too packed. And during well, they, peak, yeah. especially on Saturday, uh, during peak times, you're going to be amazed how you know packed they are. Yeah. And I know we've mentioned it other times before. And this is one of those ones folks usually get a good handle on when you do get to con. Again, if you have some time, if you're in fairly early or you've got some downtime between events, you're going to start to get the flow indoor moving between maybe those sky bridges. But take a few minutes and head outside and get a feel for which street goes where. Because, again, when those things fill up immensely uh, at the height of uh, the day or when folks just by nature go there, being able to go outside and just walk up the side of the hotel to the next one is going to move a heck of a lot faster. 
Mm-hmm. So if exactly. you're someone trying to get to someplace else quickly and you don't mind dealing with a little bit of heat and humidity outside, then that will come in very handy understanding which direction you're heading in to go to Sheridan as opposed to Weston as opposed to Hilton kind of thing. Exactly. And, you know, folks, sometimes going outside is a nice breath of fresh air. It's nice. You know, <laughs> I do enjoy the cool air, but every now and then, you know, let's face it, a little brisk walk does you a lot of good when you're going to be spending a lot of time all day doing stuff. Exactly. And, you know, as Michelle says, uh, plan on, you know, wearing some comfortable shoes because you are going to oh, be walking. Oh, goodness. Break those in ahead of time. Yes. Cannot stress that enough. Find those comfortable shoes by July or August so they are broken in and good to go because, yeah, as we said, lots of time standing, lots of time walking. You end up with uh, uncomfortable feet. It's going to kill your con experience. Oh, yeah. And you want this to be a positive experience. This is what yeah. why we're doing this is to help everybody out there. Yeah. Reach out to folks. Ask questions. Exactly. You know, that's, that's what you guys enjoy doing. We enjoy it in the newbies group. We, we, we'd love to see folks get the great experience. So don't feel like you got to figure it all out yourself. Mm-mm, exactly. And speaking of good experiences, uh, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, the easiest way is to just go to the dragonconnewbies.org website. That'll take you right to a blog post where we list links over to our Twitter account, Facebook page. We'll have our event pages up there that are on Facebook and some other resources, links to your podcast, which folks are obviously aware of, but even some other resources, articles and uh, wikis, other things, if you want to go deep, we'll get a lot of them listed right there. That is awesome. Well, thank you again, and guess we'll see you again next month. Yes, we will. Getting closer, Mike. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares now tonight thinking 100 days. <laughs> yeah. 100 days. I'm just going to start hearing ticking in my head. Click. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. We'll see you soon. All right. My pleasure. And now we're sitting here with my good old friend from Drop from Dragon Con. Hello, Michelle. Hello. How are you doing, Mike? Good. It's good to talk to you again. It's nice to talk to you. So what do we got this month? Uh, We're covering a couple of things. One is um, warm weather. And there's going to be two parts to this. The the first part is there is a benefit to warm weather. There are actually two benefits. One, if you are really trying to get in shape and drop fat, warm weather really benefits you. Because if you go out and do your cardio – in the warm weather, it actually helps you reduce stored fat at a higher rate, and it keeps the burn going longer. This is something that athletes and actors have known for a long time, and a lot of trainers um, will will get you outside and working in the warm weather because they know this as well. Extreme temperatures, hot or cold, have benefits. The cold, so when you do stuff during the winter, um, it's primarily brown fat that you build up more of. And you also can build up more muscle, which is very interesting. But with the warm weather, also stay hydrated, prehydrate, wear your sunblock, please. And when you get in, take your sunblock off as quickly as possible because it actually keeps heat to you and keeps you from sweating as much, which is not good. But another really great benefit of warm weather is it gets us ready for Dragon Con. Because so many people, when the warm weather hits, they stay inside in the AC. That actually makes your body kind of stop sweating. And in some cases with people, it really does make you stop sweating because your body is kind of tricked into thinking it's not warm. And when you go outside, you don't cool off as quickly. So take advantage of the warm weather that's starting up, even though I know it was 55 in DC recently, but get out in the warm weather and start getting ready for Dragon Con because you are going to be late August, early September in the Atlanta weather And if you already have pre-prepared your body, you've pre-hydrated, 
you know what you're going to wear, you're already sweating, which sounds really gross, but sweat actually helps cool you off. That's a part of what it does. Um, you're ready for it because you're going to be doing hills, you're going to be in tight spaces, you're going to be in the little inner tube area, you know, the, the, the habitrels, and you're going to be in the AC that dries out your mucous membranes. And this is gross, but it's true. So if you already prepared with the heat, your body actually can handle being in the AC better. And mucous membranes are your first big line of defense against con crud. So this is a really good thing to do. And if you're going to be in your hotel room a lot or in, um, in the AC that you know is going to happen, bring a little nose spray thing with you for like saline water because that really helps. It, it sounds odd, but it actually does help you and it keeps you from getting as sick. But with the warm weather also, you're going to be in costumes. And I put out a question um, on Drop by Dragon Con for different things that people wanted covered. And someone actually said flat out she wanted to know how to stay cool in her costumes. It's three parts to this. One, um, when you are building the costume, think about putting in little pockets or areas where you can put ice packs. You can get little tiny ones that you just break and they stay cold for, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. Think the type that when you're, um, when you're working out and you get a sprain, you can pop them and it stays cold for quite a while. You just want to make sure that they're not directly against your skin, that there's some sort of fabric in between because ice on you for that long can actually cause some issues. And start where you want them to be is places that are um, where, where your vascular system comes to the surface pulse points. So wrists, the neck area, lower back, ankles, back and neck, all of those areas help. One year um, at DragonCon, Paul, for the periodic table, he's Argon, we decided to do dry ice on him someplace, not against his skin, obviously, but we wanted to make a little cloud. And it didn't go well, but let me tell you, it was one of the hottest DragonCons. That was the year that the three ambulances tried to get through. Paul was in heaven because I had this thing basically taped up underneath his costume between his skin and fat, well, up against his uh, fabric against his skin. He was cool the entire time. Um, I ended up, the, the Boy Scouts give out the, the water that's chilled. I stuck them in my top, and that's what got me through that Dragon Con, and that really does help. Um, also, you can get wicking fabric that's exercise wear because what it does is it helps move the sweat away from you and that wicking action actually lowers the body temperature. It, it works with the air, but if you wear the wicking outfit underneath your costume and then have the little packets against that, that really does help a lot. Um, oh, and I want to tell you this really quickly. When you're working out in really hot weather, there's a trick you can do that's really amazing. And yes, athletes have known this for years. And like I said earlier, stars know this. Um, we have brown fat, which is active fat that bears and things that hibernate have as well. But we have it in the area that's like our upper chest, around our neck and shoulders. And some people even have it on their upper back. What you can do is after you've worked out and you come in, have ice packs. Put them up against your skin on the upper chest area, around the shoulders, up against the neck, and on the, the upper back at the base of the neck. Do this for like 15 minutes. It actually raises the metabolic rate and will actually help you. The, the stored fat, it actually hits it better. 
and you just 15 minutes, no more than that, but you actually will see, I keep saying actually, you will see a change with that if you're really working on the stored fat. Um, any questions with that? So far, no. It sounds interesting. I didn't even know about brown fat. Oh, oh yeah. This would, that's why they can hibernate for so long. We were taught for so long that fat was inactive, that it's an anaerobic environment. We now know a lot more about it. They knew about brown fat for decades, um, and they've been studying that. We can actually punch it up. When you work out in cold weather, you can build up more brown fat, and it means that you are more metabolically burning because it's, it's more like muscle. Um, but we now know that fat itself, you know, the yellow stuff actually has a lot more going on than we ever knew before. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to switch us into health aspects, something I wanted to talk about. And it's dealing with the mucous membranes, getting you healthy, staying hydrated and con crud and more. When you are heavy or a female or both, you, we know this is true. It's been studied for a long time. The medical profession has been trying to change it, but everybody has biases. And unfortunately, females have a lot of this against them. Um, it's, it was in the news not long ago, and it has been for about a year and a half now, that doctors tend to overlook females' pains or underestimate their pain, and they're less likely to act upon when a female comes in, a patient comes in and says that they're in pain or that there's something wrong they tend not to be heard as often. And there are really good doctors out there, so I'm not saying that all of them do this, but we know this is true. Um, and in fact, there's this amazing, I love this, hang on just a second, I'm switching my, my page. There is a thing called Yentl syndrome that a doctor named Bernadine Healy coined in 1991, and yes, it is for the movie. And it, her, the premise is that women have to prove that they're equal to men in order to get acknowledged and taken care of properly in the medical profession, and she specifically cited heart attacks. And the reason I'm saying this is a friend of mine who is a Dragon Conner and has been working to get back to Dragon Con for several years just had a heart attack. And she is a active, healthy female, and she went into the doctor, to the ER, and said something was wrong, that she explained what she felt like. They told her it was indigestion, and they sent her home. Two nights later, she went back, telling them the same thing, that it was worse. They told her it was indigestion, gave her something, sent her home. The third time she went in, two nights later, the same thing happened. The next night, she went in and told them that if they didn't do something, she was going to die, that she could feel it. And the doctor grudgingly was like, get the EKG and hook her up. And she had apparently been in cardiac arrest or having a cardiac episode the entire week and could have died because they, <clears throat> they didn't look at the fact that, and, and the medical profession has been teaching this, but so many people still haven't caught this. Women and men do not always present with the same symptoms for heart attacks. Men often get that crushing feeling in the left side or the, particularly the center of the chest or the left arm goes numb. Or they get sweaty and nauseated. Well, women also can have the heart pain, you know, in the chest and the arm hurt. And they can do the sweaty and nauseated. But often the nauseated can also be um, with like an indigestion side. Um, I've heard women saying that they were burping and they were kind of freaked out that they were burping. They thought it was a gallbladder issue. And then you also, women get shoulder pains very badly. 
they often get armed, but in a different area or neck pains, like the back of their neck will start hurting or the side of their neck or even their jaw and ear will start hurting. Um, they also get stomach pain. So a lot of times they're just told, you know, oh, you have stomach flu or something. Um, they get the sweating. Here's the one that really amazes me. And I've actually spoken with three women and then I, I read this and read a description of this, that they get this fatigue that is so overwhelming that they just start yawning and they don't know why they're yawning. And one woman said she was just pacing because she knew she was so tired if she laid down, she would not get up again, that she would be gone. And she finally just said to her husband, take me to the ER now. Um, They all were very lucky because most of the women that I've read this particular thing about, someone figured out what was going on. Um, As a woman who, when we were in the the car accident, um, I had gained some weight, but, but I wasn't, I was probably a 14, 16 at the time, but we get to the ER. Um, Paul had been having chest pains from the seatbelt. They rushed him back right away. Well, I had a snap at the base of my skull and I should have been collared right away and not been walking. Plus I, I thought I had sunglasses on for like eight hours and that's kind of a clue that there's an issue. They sent me in to sit in the waiting room while they took Paul back. Well, and the woman up front was just really strange about it, but all of it, like I'm on the phone with somebody and all of a sudden the doors fly open and there are two nurses coming out as quickly as possible, one with a wheelchair, one with the neck brace, because I should have been, as soon as I came in, the fact that I had had a snap at the base of my, you know, my skull, I was in pain and I thought I was wearing sunglasses, I should have been treated differently immediately. But the woman had a bias, and it was really obvious, Paul and I talked about it later, that to her, and I was wearing a, um, I was wearing a t-shirt with a skull on it. I think that was her other thing, is that she thought, you know, oh, but but it was a lazy day. It was a t-shirt that was a fun t-shirt. And we, we like figured it out later, because I've had this happen twice, where I had a doctor tell me, I I, um, was exposed to something and got a really bad virus, and I couldn't breathe. I woke up and literally couldn't breathe. We, I ended up hitting Paul and something dislodged in my throat. We went to the ER and the doctor said, I think you have sleep apnea. And Paul's like, no, she doesn't. I'm like, no, I don't. And he's like, well, how do you know? Because you'd be asleep. I'm like, if I even snore, I wake up, I wake Paul up, I apologize to him, and then I go back to sleep. And Paul's like, she really does do that. And he was like, well, you might have sleep apnea. No, I really don't. And I think it was a size 16, 18 at that point. But to him, it made perfect sense. And a friend of mine who's one of his ER nurses, we had a talk later, and this guy was really overweight, this doctor. But she actually did tell me that he had a bias against heavy females, that he thought all of them needed sleep studies and stuff. But here's the thing. The reason I'm bringing this up, you are your own best advocate. Male, female, heavy, thin, you are your own best advocate. But if you happen to be female and you happen to be heavy or you just happen to be heavy, and you're a guy, you may not be treated the way you should be treated when you go to the doctor. You need to know, listen to your body. If there is something wrong, if you go home, and I'm citing this now, last year so many people went home from Dragon Con with pneumonia. I had it. Paul had walking pneumonia. And then for months afterwards, people were still, you know, they'd send in their messages on Facebook or let someone know. All of a sudden, they'd get diagnosed with pneumonia. They had gone home. They were sick. They thought it was con crud. They go to the doctor. They're told it's sinus. 
they're put on the wrong medication, they're not getting better, they're coughing, they're really sick, they finally go back in, and some of them three or four times, and then they're finally diagnosed with pneumonia because the doctors didn't even think in that realm. I'm not sure why not, because we found out, and I just mentioned earlier, um, we found out to to Mike, not to anybody else, people, so you'll be confused and wonder where this is cut out, but um, last year before Dragon Con, there was an outbreak of bacterial and walking pneumonia in Alabama, and that was like for three weeks before it had been jumping from school to school. Well, I wish I'd known that. I wish everybody had known that, because there are ways to prevent pneumonia. I'm planning on getting a shot in just a week or two and I'm getting the flu shot this year which I rarely do but I'm planning on doing it after last year. But the reason I'm mentioning this is if if you don't stand up and make a doctor see when something's wrong then you're not taking care of yourself. By not advocating for your own health you are not doing the best thing you can for yourself. Yes, we unfortunately have people that are hypochondriacs, and that is something that kind of pushes the, the... And unfortunately, a lot of women, they think, are hypochondriacs, which I don't understand. Um, but that does push the medical profession to like push back against us. But if you know there is something wrong, do not go in and not fight for yourself. Make sure you are heard because if you don't advocate for yourself, no one else is going to. And before Dragon Con, I want you to hydrate. I want you to <clears throat> really start getting your vitamins and minerals in. Go get your flu shot if you need to. Do what you have to. Do your airborne even if you don't believe in it. Do whatever you need for that so that this year when you leave, you come back without concrete. Keep, keep your mucous membranes healthy. Do you have any questions? Well, one of my recommendations that we always do is, like you had mentioned, airborne, but oh, yeah. also vitamin C tablets for a couple weeks before. I do emergency or airborne, and I love both of those. And I'm finding that if I don't make sure my calcium, D, zinc, magnesium, and K2 are at the right levels, I can guarantee I'll get sick. It's not just C. Um, fruits and vegetables, people. Eat your fruits and vegetables. It's like what your mom always told you. That's true, and it will keep you healthier. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and and that doesn't mean fruit roll-ups, folks. Uh, no, that's like candy jelly. Exactly. No, when we say fruits, even a banana, even an apple. Strawberries, high zinc. Exactly. Also good for your mojo. Exactly. Woo, baby. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And, and pumpkin seeds. Also very good for you. You know, that might be also another uh, topic for another drop-by drop from Dragon Con. <laughs> oh, can I tell a story real quick, a tiny one? Real quick. Okay. So I won't say her name, but there is a Dragon Conner that she went in for her physical. It was a couple of years ago. And the PA that was there said, oh, you know, in her brain you could see, oh, fat chick. And so they started doing the questionnaire thing, and she's like, when was the last time you had sex? Because that's one of the questions they have to ask. And she's like, um, two days ago. And she said the PA, she kind of broke her. And the PA was then like, well, how many sexual partners have you had in the last year? And no, I'm not saying chick's a hoe. I'm like, she's, she's a normal female and her healthy prime. And she said, well. We don't judge on the show, so don't Yeah, worry. exactly, exactly. But she was like, well, and she started saying, you know, oh, no, 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 no this one and that one. 
And she said this woman's expression was just like she knew she had broken her because to this person, this PA, there was this blonde young woman who happened to be heavy and a geek. And this woman's brain is thinking, oh, she's probably never had sex or never, you know, never has this happen. And it's just so funny to me because that is something that unfortunately is also overlooked and by God, bring your condoms with you. Nanoxin on nine. Oh, exactly. My friends that we tell you, I know Darren tells it like till his face turns blue or oh. red in red sometimes, but <laughs> you know, definitely if you get embarrassed, Darren, you're good. <laughs> exactly. But it's basically, if you have a chance always, and I do mean always bring protection, even if you don't plan on meeting anybody or making new friends, I do that with air quotes, that please, 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 you know, bring it just to be safe. You never know what happens. It's not one aspect. It's all aspects. And we are by nature sexual beings. And if you don't take care of yourself that way, that is the worst thing you can do because it's not just you. It's, it's if you catch something, it's generational. You know, it's like, so take care of you and take care of your friends. Bring your condoms. Make sure you're not oxen all nine. Exactly. We can't preach that enough on the show. Thank you, Michelle, as always. And we will see you again next month. Ciao. Ciao. And now we're here returning with Eternal Zan. Welcome back, Zan. Hi. Happy to be here. Happy May. Oh, it's, it's so exciting. As we're recording this, it's 100 days to Dragon Con. Oh, you're kidding. Yep. Memes everywhere about the 100 days. Ah, that's what I just had to say about it. So, well, I know we have to, we have a lot to cover, so I'll just get straight to it. Uh, this year, my segments are going to cover one host hotel and some tips about how to help you get a room for Dragon Con. But first, I'm going to go a little bit out of order. We have some big news. And I'm so excited about this that I almost wore a Chewbacca mask just to share this. Exactly. Thank you. I can't do the noise. On May 17th, word began spreading in the Dragon Con Room's Facebook group and quickly spread everywhere that the Weston Host Hotel was releasing rooms at the convention rate. So, as you can imagine, this has been a huge topic of discussion in the Dragon Con Room's group and elsewhere. And many of our members were posting helpful booking tips in there. So the main one is to call the Westin directly. People are having better luck with that than trying to book online, although online booking has worked for some people. If you do use the website, you have to put in at least September 1st through the 5th for the DragonCon rate to show up. If you put in shorter dates, it shows as unavailable. And that's because most hotels have a minimum night stay to get the DragonCon rate. So... The Weston phone numbers to call are 1-404-659-1400 or 1-800-937-8461. If you call the local number, ask for in-house reservations. If you want to book online, you can try the booking link available from the DragonCon website. So in the navigation, you would choose where to go at the con, (coughs) excuse me, host hotels, and then you look for the Westin in the grid of information, and the original booking link is in there. You can also go to starwoodhotels.com and search for the Westin Peachtree Plaza Hotel in Atlanta. Now, I just tried all these, 
before this recording and nothing showed up as available, but keep trying because if history holds true, when people, when they try to take out deposits and they don't go through because somebody left an invalid credit card on file, they'll cancel the room and then somebody else will be able to get it. And this is pretty unusual among host hotels that when rooms become available, they're at the Dragon Con rate because usually the host hotel will release things back at a regular rate, not the discounted rate. And the regular rate can easily be $600 a night. So this is a really good deal. And the Westin, like I said, has done this before in past years. So this is why I think the Westin has the reputation of the easiest host hotel to get. I haven't heard of this happening at any of the other host hotels. Have you, Mike? No, not at all. It's actually really shocking when I heard the Westin was back available again because it is a really nice hotel. Yes, it's not connected by a sky bridge or anything, but it is really a really nice hotel to stay at. And it, you know, it is a host hotel and it does have DragonCon TV. Right. And it's near gaming now. Exactly. And we'll talk all about that later in the show. Right. Yeah. I'm going to skip where everything moved to and from because I know you're going to cover that elsewhere. So my actual hotel spotlight this month is on the Hyatt. And there are several hotels with the name Hyatt in them. So we are talking about the Hyatt Regency Atlanta. That is the host hotel. And the Hyatt was the first host hotel I ever stayed at. I used to stay in the Hyatt. And a few years ago, I moved over to the Marriott. The Actually, a a lot of people actually know the Hyatt because it's the hotel right in front of the route for the parade. Right. Exactly. Well, I'll just cross that one off my bullet list. I was going to mention that. That's a... Excellent point is that it does face, if you get a room that faces Peachtree Street in the front of the hotel, like when you walk in, I'm calling that the front of the hotel where the lobby, where you walk in in the, in the, in the doors that rotate, uh, the revolving door, if you walk in the revolving door, that's where the parade view is. The parade route hasn't been officially announced this year, but it usually ends at Peachtree Street right in front of the front entrance of the Hyatt. So that is a big selling point for people to get rooms in the Hyatt. So the Hyatt first became a host hotel in 1996. And some people say that it saved Dragon Con because at the time the Hilton kicked Dragon Con out. They didn't want Dragon Con anymore. Way long ago. Which, again, was like 20 years ago, people. So we're not holding it against the Hilton anymore. The Hilton's awesome. We love the Hilton. But that's why the Hyatt is a host hotel, because they took over for the Hilton back in the day. And then eventually, you know, the Dragon Con expanded to the Marriott and then to the Hilton and the Sheraton and the Westin. So, yeah, everything's all good now. But that's just part of the history. And the Hyatt was built by legendary architect and developer John Portman, who is responsible for quite a few downtown buildings. And it's the longest continuously running host hotel. It'll be it's 20 years this year. So that's a long time. Uh, The Hyatt's in in a straight line with the Marriott and the Hilton. So you're walking downhill if you walk on the sidewalk outside from the Hyatt to the Marriott to the Hilton. And the Hyatt's a good hotel for smokers because most of their rooms in the main atrium tower do have balconies. Now, the rooms in the private towers don't. The private towers have separate elevators, and you need a room key to use the elevator to get to your room, which can really cut down on your elevator weight, which is substantial in the Hyatt. 
Well, exactly. Well, Zan, let's rectify that a little bit. Okay. It, when we say that it has balconies, it's balconies to the outside, not balconies into the atrium. Right. Yeah. I'm not suggesting you lean over into the atrium and like it's, it's, and, and light it's, up and <laughs> light up and dip ash on the innocent costumers in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. Balconies to the outside. Exactly. So there are two separate towers other than the main atrium tower, the international tower and the radius tower. And the radius tower has smaller rooms. It's pretty cozy in there. And the international tower rooms, I think, are the same size as the regular rooms. So when you're booking at the Hyatt, it's good to know what your options are as far as what kind of room you want, whether you want a balcony or not, whether you want that private elevator. So those are just things to consider when you book there. The Hyatt does have fewer customers hanging out in the lobby because security keeps the traffic moving during the day, but later at night it's more relaxed. And a unique thing about the Hyatt layout is that you can't get to all of the meeting rooms, like where the convention events are being held, from all the levels. The rooms in the International Tower are separated from the main tower on the middle floor. So to get to rooms in the International Tower, you have to either be on the lobby level or the very lowest level, which is called the conference level. So if you can't figure out how to get from point A to point B to get from your panel to your next panel, it's probably because you have to go up or down a couple floors, cross over, and then continue on your way. So that can be confusing for new people. But the New Beast Tour will be covering the Hyatt in their Thursday afternoon tours, and they do an excellent job of showing people how to get around. This will be the fifth year of the tours. And there and, are some great shortcuts. Yeah, there are some great shortcuts. And this will be the fifth year of the tours. And I've been going on them since the first year. And then I became a tour leader. So it's been awesome. And the tours will be gonna, are going to be covering all three hotels I've talked about so far this year, the Hilton, the Marriott, and the Hyatt. So as far as what goes on in the Hyatt, they host the largest, most popular panels in their centennial ballrooms. Now, this can get confusing because there's four centennial ballrooms right next to each other, centennial one through four, and they're numbered with Roman numerals. And lines for those form outside the hotel on the sidewalk. So you can always go to the door of a panel room and ask a volunteer where the line is forming for the next panel. And if you're already outside the Hyatt, you just start asking people on the sidewalk, what are you in line for? And then just keep asking every hundred person, people or so, because sometimes two different lines can look like the same line. So you start off thinking you're in the right line and then you end up in the wrong line. So just keep asking people. So basically, any there are their ballrooms, but basically anything with the room ballroom in it is going to be a large room. So expect a line that forms outside. Um, rooms in the lowest level of the Hyatt are smaller, but that doesn't mean they won't fill up. And I'm going to skip what fan tracks are in the Hyatt because I know a lot of stuff has been moved and you're doing an excellent job covering that elsewhere in the podcast. I actually have a feeling we're going to be hearing about changes going on for the next few weeks. Yeah, there, I know there was a recent volunteer meeting and they just announced a ton of stuff. Um, one thing that I do feel is important to cover is the closest disability services location to the Hyatt is in the Marriott. So um, I did get that confirmed. It's on the lobby level of the Marriott, and the room's very small. And last year, there wasn't room on the map to say disability services. So look on the map for VIP badge pickup is what the room was called last year. And for more information on disability services, you can go to dragoncon.org and type disability services in the search box in the upper right-hand corner, because it's a good idea to get your information um, in advance for that. So I did want to cover very quickly the booking notes for the Hyatt before I move on to the room sharing community. Um, last year, the 
the Hyatt reservations opened on October 21st, and they used the passkey reservation system. They required a three-night minimum stay and a one-night's deposit taken out at the time of booking. And this is pretty standard for the host hotels. There's no word on how they're going to be doing the booking for 2017. But to get a room there for this year, you can try using the passkey link from the original booking day of October 21st last year, because sometimes you can get lucky and it'll work. And you can also try calling the hotel directly and asking and just trying at Hyatt.com. The Hyatt's phone number is 1-404-577-1234. Now, I haven't heard anything about them releasing a bunch of rooms like the Westin, but, you know, hey, it never hurts to try. No, never does at all. You'd be surprised how sometimes maybe in even July they'll be releasing a new block of rooms. Yeah, and and generally they, they don't announce it. You know, the way you find out is where it is spreading online. And somebody says, hey, I booked a room. Here was my experience. They share it in the DragonCon Rooms group or elsewhere, and then word spreads. Exactly. You'll be here. You'll be on Facebook, and then all of a sudden you'll get a flood of people posting, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. So for the room sharing communities, um, I'm going to cover the DragonCon Hotel Connection Facebook page and the DragonCon Forums website. Now, the DragonCon Hotel Connection Facebook page is a page, not a group. So if you make a post to the page, it shows up off to the side where it'll get less views. But if you comment to an existing post, more people are going to see that. Now, this page doesn't post very often, but when they do, it's chock full of helpful information. They do roundups of what hotels have rooms. And of course, most of the year, that's going to be covering which overflows and other nearby hotels still have space. They did post when they learned that the Westin had rooms available, and they're an excellent resource if you are looking to book your own room and you aren't looking for any roommates. So to make sure any news from them, especially this time of year, shows up in the top of your feed when you like the page, choose the option for show first because by default, it's just going to say like default order or something like that. So you have to actively go in and change that to show first. And then when there's breaking news like, hey, rooms at the Westin, you'll be sure to see it. And finally, because I know we're running out of time here, there is, for people who are not on Facebook, there is a, a longtime community called DragonConForums.org. And they have a section called Get Me There now also with room share so clearly it started off as get me there and then they added room shares but really you know you can post all different kinds of things in there they it's a very well-run community it's spam free which is awesome because facebook is not spam free and there aren't as many posts in here so yours will stand out and unlike facebook you can easily see how many views your post has gotten And you can write as much as you like and have a link to share in other places. So that's a great place for people who are not on Facebook. And I can't think of any cons to the community other than, like I said, it is a little bit less active. But I think often that can really work in your favor. So I think that's all the important stuff I had. Is there anything I didn't cover that you want me to go over or that you had questions about? Well, one of the most important things we actually have two things we got to talk about about with the Hyatt. Okay. First off, they have reopened the the restaurant on the roof. I went there last year. It was excellent. The Hyatt Polaris. You definitely have to get their little desserts. They have desserts that are shaped like the Blue Dome. They are delicious. 
Oh, it is awesome. And because it had been closed for almost 30 years. And yeah, I, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah no. It was a landmark. Uh, my wife had told me about it because she grew up here. And she said they used to go there for special occasions. And at one point, it was the highest point in Atlanta before they beat, built the West End. I heard – I did. I heard that. Yeah. So it, it it has history, but it's been totally remodeled, and it's supposed to be beautiful up there. Yeah. And then, is. of course, a mainstay here on Earth Station One, of course, is the 22-story bar. Buckets of rum. Of course. I've How- heard about the buckets of rum. I don't think I've ever had one. Maybe, like, I had a little taste of one one year. Yes, the voodoo juice, the buckets of rum, and they're very well known for that at the Hyatt, and it's a mainstay for a lot of people. People actually have web pages and Facebook groups dedicated to the Dragon Con buckets of rum. Now, do you think they've been watered down over the years? Because that's what I keep hearing. Oh, yes. Does the sun shine in the West? You know, so of course it does, and... That's the one. That's how they make it last all weekend. Is they? It's like fifty percent bucket of rum, fifty percent glass of water. Did Did we mention that the Polaris is a rotating restaurant? No, we didn't. That's okay, another yeah. little plus. So it's excellent. We went there. I made sure I checked the time of sunset last year, and I made sure to book my party there for about an hour before sunset, so we could enjoy the sunset. That That was beautiful. That is awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing, and it's definitely worth checking out if you're going to be, you know, revolving around, no pun intended, the Hyatt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, definitely make a reservation. Exactly. Well, thank you, Zan. Do appreciate that. You are welcome. And we'll see you again next month. I look forward to it. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Special Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode. As always, we're glad to hear from Kevin Batchelder, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, and of course, Eternal Zan. And much thanks to our station crew. Thanks, Darren. You're more than welcome, sir. And uh, are you going to Momocon? Um, probably not. Okay. Uh, what's your next show? Heroes? My next show is Dragon Con. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so. I'm not going to Heroes. No, wow. can't go to North Carolina. Gotcha. Yes. Oh, no, I yeah. totally respect that, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. wanted to go. I was I was set to go. Ah. Uh, thank you, Mary. Absolutely. Do you have a, a show coming up? Um, I'll be at MomoCon this weekend. Awesome. <laughs> so you Maybe say I'll howdy. Go to I and so. Mary. Huh? Maybe I'll go to MomoCon and stalk you. You should. You know. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> And to come, I'll see you at uh, Momocon as well this weekend. You will see me at Momocon. I will be there. Absolutely. That's awesome. Awesome. And thank you, Mike, for which none of this would be possible. My pleasure, sir. We try to cover all we can with these specials and, and then some uh, in this one in particular. Um, <laughs> but to keep up with all the latest news, because it's changing every week, uh, please check out the official DragonCon website and their social media outlets, especially their Facebook page. Um, all the track directors, all the tracks can are active on Facebook and various social media as well, so get involved with them. Uh, we on ESO can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. We want you to be part of the discussion, so please feel free to join us in uh, our social media groups. Leave feedback, please. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, and also, please help support us by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart as our Amazon e-store. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.